Hi, and welcome to the 74th podcast episode of Keen Minds. We're covering NBC's The Blacklist. This is season six, episode 10, The Crypto Banker. I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Cycle. And I'm Tessa. And how'd you like the episode? Um, I gotta say, I, I had very, very mixed views of the episode. Um, it's, it's unusually me that I have this, this, um, generally I would feel, well, it's a great episode, but it was just filler or there was a lot of, um, of, of, I, I was bothered or by this and that. This is nothing I can put my finger on. Um, I mean, I did get a helicopter. I'm, I'm being very excited. And those of you who follow me or who are in Reddit and read me, uh, I was very excited about, you know, getting these things about helicopters because we kept getting this, this spoilers with helicopters. And I just, like, I had a, like, I don't know, like uh, in... Um, the helicopter coming in in the gin. I was looking at something like falling like that. And there's just this one little helicopter or the, the stuff they did with the helicopters in Gregory the Bride. And, and he was just this tiny little thing. And, and he doesn't even get in it. He doesn't start running or... or uh. I, think, I think you just hit on it. So Tessa and I were starting and we were talking about this before we started recording. She was like, oh, my gosh, just start recording. We're going to lose it all. Um, I like personally for me, I I came out of it really not not really liking it. And kind of like you, I couldn't put my finger on it except for this. I feel like nobody's winning right now. And it's just one loss after another after another. And it's for everybody. I mean, if Red was losing and Liz was winning or if the task force was winning, I mean, like, yeah, you got the blacklister, but it's just, I feel like in the points that we need wins, we're not getting them. You can only, an audience can only go so long without feeling like there's any sort of emotional payoff or something. And that's, that's a complaint I've had for a while with the blacklist is that they're not great with emotional payoff. They, they will suck the emotions out. They will use the emotions to, you know, kick you in the gut, which is great. Good writing will kick you in the gut and make you feel like you want to curl up and cry. That's fantastic writing. But there has to be some sort of payoff at the end of it. Because if not, then everything just sucks and you want to curl up and cry in a corner. And you don't want to leave your audience feeling that way. And right now, and, and I understand they're working towards something, but it just, it feels like we've gone too long. And it, as down on red as I have been, it felt like someone slapped me across the face when, when Dembe had to pull back up. One, I thought Dembe was going to get shot or something. I was really worried for him. But, and so it just, the entire episode left me feeling really sour and irritable and Basically, all of my complaints that I've had for the last couple seasons came full force. I'm just like, oh, my God. And it just it left me in a horrible mood after. Well, and the the second time through, because uh, I just did my rewatch and I was, <laughs> I've kind of been putting my rewatch off this weekend because I just didn't want to deal with it. Second time through was not nearly as bad for me. Like overall, it felt like a decent episode. 
But and then I realized it because that same feeling came back and it was Red's failed escape. It just mm-hmm. left me really sour and irritable. And well, I think they, it's just been dragged out too long. They've, they've done a very interesting thing with this arc that they're working on season six. Um, because there is one thing. It's what they, they have two arcs going on at the same time. And they both arcs are very long arcs. I wouldn't be surprised if they're, if they go through the entire season. That's all they do anymore. They don't do shows. They're off on their arcs. But this one, you know, in season one, when we started watching the show, you see, you have the same thing. The whole season is one arc. It's the Berlin arc. And, and, but you don't notice what Reddington is doing until, well, if you were paying a lot of attention, you got it when Tom was explaining it to Jolene just before he killed her. And probably that's the reason why he killed, you know, why he told her because it was going to kill her. She's going to die uh, anyway. Yeah. Dead and, women tell no tales. But, but uh, if not, if you're not paying attention to what Tom was doing, you found out what he, Ren was doing when Liz finds out with Tom's code book, when he, she realizes he's just tracking Berlin. And this season is exactly the same. Red is tracking and trying to stop an assassination. And the interesting thing is he was doing so before he was caught up. People, I mean, it's, it's very interesting what is happening because I had to go back after I did this rewatch. I had to go back and look at everything that's happening in order to connect my dots and see where, where this is going. And it's very interesting, but it's a very long arc. And so this long arc that is, that is happening is Red trying to stop an assassination and at the same time provide somebody with a cure that is going to get him an immunity agreement or a pardon. And that's what Red has been working on the entire season. Well, I wonder if the cure and stopping the assassination are all tied in together somehow. Yeah, I mean, sure that's that's, that's my assumption, is that that's yeah. all. And, and I get that. And the show's very good about building blocks and little pieces. I mean, it is a puzzle. And that's it's something that's worked very well for them. It's something that works great for Red. Red has always done that. Mm-hmm. I went back uh, thinking about it. You know, I went back. I'm like, okay, is this what's exhausting me? Because and I look back. No, he's done that since day one. That's that's yep. always been his jam. So that's not it. And so I, I really, I'm not sure what I, it, I, maybe it's I, just the fact that he's so separated from everybody that he's. It, yeah, I think that that is one thing. He's totally separated. It's It's dragging. I mean, this should have been done by now. Um, this, and I know that what they're doing, they're up in the state, they're, this is going right into, he's going to get into the death chamber. They could, have, some, they could have upped the stakes a lot quicker, though. I mean, I yeah, understand. That, they, do, like, they don't need to do this slow, but I think it is because you have the 22. <laughs> yep. 22 you know, will I, kill you. I, and the thing is, they've done very well with 22. Uh, up until, like, up through season three, season four, 
was okay with 22. By five, they didn't have the, the information to fill. So something interesting, uh, one of NBC's other shows, Manifest, uh, it's a, it was a um, freshman show this year, new in, and they cut off at, I want to say it was 16 episodes, 17 episodes. And I didn't realize I was watching the season finale when I was, um, because I, I don't watch it live. I watch it on Hulu the next day. And so because of that, I hadn't gotten the preview going season finale next week, you know, so I had no clue. And then the following Monday, there's or following Tuesday, you know, I log on to Hulu and there's just no manifest. And so I went and looked it up and lo and behold, there are no more manifest episodes this year, you know, for the year and enemy within had taken the time slot. And I did some, some asking around on it and it turned out that, the way it fell out, they actually asked for a shorter season because it fit their story. That the layout of their story, that's the way it worked. And the showrunners asked for that. John needs to ask for that. I don't think he will, but I think he could write. I think the man is capable uh, he and his team are fully capable of writing a very tight, very good story. They just need to find their best way of doing it. If that means an 18-episode season, they need to talk to NBC. They need to talk to Sony. They need to find a way to do it, it because I mean, right it now it's killing it. Because they, they keep uh, emptying it because they got a voice, they got skating. It's very annoying because you, especially when you have had to wait until January to begin. And then you yep. begin and then, oh, no, three episodes in. Oh, now we're up. Especially then when it was supposed go to go straight through. That was yeah. like, to me, that was the only saving grace. Of it. I was like, well, they got put in the corner on Friday nights, nine months in. The only thing that might keep their ratings up will be the fact that they're going straight through. Oh, wait, look, there's a week hiatus. We were told we weren't having that. Oh, but they're doubling up. You still got a week that they don't have anything and you're going to lose people every time. Yeah, it, I, I'm, I'm, that, that is one thing. I think that they stories. I mean, we're not talking about episodic things. You're going to have like law and order. You can do law and order from here until 300 years from now. And you're not going to run out of crime. There is always going to be something in the paper to give you the next episode. But this kind of stories, they got a beginning, they got a middle, they got an end. You can stretch them a little bit. But, but it's, you know, it's like a sweater. If you stretch it a little bit more, it just loses the shape. And I think that there is a bit of that going on. And this is a very long arc that will not be evident. And it's a far more complicated arc that at least me have realized. It starts with Red is trying to stop an assassination by the Corsican. That's what starts the whole thing. And he knows that the Corsican got to Kohler. So he's trying to find color, not in order to retrieve his file. He, I mean, the task force had no idea of the color. He doesn't need to get that thing. That's what Liz thinks, and that's what is important to separate point of view. And I know you want to talk about point of view, so that's going to give you the in in there. But there is also the, but all he wants to know from color is, 
what's the new face of the Corsican? So, but then the, the misdirect is that we think that the Corsican's job is the assassination in the UN, and it is not. That's step one for that assassination. Um, so when he, his, his plan was to blow up the UN in New York. Then we, we pick up this because he's looking for the Corsican. He goes to, he gets into this mental facility. So he interrogates Atticus. That was very entertaining. And he gets, and Atticus gives him um, Doc, uh, General Shiro, Shiro. And then General Shiro gives Dembe uh, an address that he goes in London. He photographs and that's how we get to the cryptocurrency. Uh, because he's trying to track who's paying this person. Um, and is that's how we get to the cryptocurrency. And so the assassination that the Corsican is doing is a multi-step assassination. And Red is trying to step to try to track this assassination. And that's why this entire season feels like it is winding down. He's trying to stop it. And I thought about it, why the Corsican? And one of the things that, that totally I didn't pay much attention is the woman who hired the Corsican says it had to look as it fits your regular uh, political agenda. So this assassination has nothing to do with the Corsican agenda of, of anti-globalism. And I think what he's doing by taking out New York is he's forcing somebody to go to the, another one of the UN for, a, for, for um, and so it has to be Geneva. So he's trying to, he's trying to force an assassination as somebody that he wants to assassinate to go to the UN, but not New York, but Geneva. So it must be something, somebody that he's trying to assassinate. I think it's a president. He's trying to assassinate President Diaz. And I think that whoever the, he, Red is trying to save is somebody President Diaz cares for. So the wife, the daughter, the parents, whatever there is. So that, that I think, is a very long arc and it's not going to be evident. They're very, I'm, oh, I'm getting better at, at kind of getting the little pieces and pick them up and get them. But it's a, it's a very, very stretched out arc. And I do wonder, because I mean, like you and I, I mean, I, I haven't spent nearly as much time. I've been much busier this season um, than I usually am. So I, I haven't even, I keep thinking I need to go back and do a rewatch, if nothing else, of just season six so far of what we had. And I've, I just haven't had time. Um, you, you've done one recently, haven't you? A, a rewatch of season six? Nope. I, oh, I thought not. you had. I, okay. I did, I did watch a few key scenes, mm -hmm. but I have not. I haven't but, had a lot of time I was going to say, you and I both tend to, so that we can, you know, sound like we know what on earth we're talking about <laughs> to do the podcast, we tend to do at least one rewatch um, of mm. the episode before we record the podcast. So watch it, you know, live or almost live and then a rewatch. And... But most of the casual viewers, I mean, if they're anything like casual viewers of other shows that I know, um, or even what I'm casual viewer of, um, they're not going to do rewatches. They're not, I mean, and the audience isn't stupid, especially not on a show like this. You don't get a stupid audience watching this show, um, just because it's just not geared that way. Um, but still, you know, if, if I'm... 
they're not going to pick up on every tiny detail that you need multiple rewatches for. But they will, they will so always could, direct your attention back. Yes, that's true. I'm just saying that, like, I, I worry that they will get... I haven't been watching the numbers super close this season, but I do worry that the casual viewer is going to get a little tired. Well, the... Stretch. I, my casual viewers um, fall within the... Uh, your typical audience for the show. They're mm-hmm. a little older. They're highly educated. They're, um, you know probably wealthier than the norm and they do very well in Europe and I think that they're they do get a lot more stuff than we think um I mean this is this is not definitely here comes honey boo boo audience um (laughs) uh where you only have to keep track of what dress was she wearing I had to think about that for a second realize what on earth you were talking about (laughs) oh I have two like that here comes honey boo boo and ice truck ice truckers um, I don't know ice truckers. Oh, don't worry. I wish I didn't know Honey Boo Boo, but sadly, yeah, I do. yeah, it's one of those things. So anyway, this the the interesting thing that is happening here is is that we're we're getting also Liz's point of view, and Liz's point of view is a very different point of view from the audience. And those two, she has an agenda, and that agenda. It's colliding, and I guess that at the end they will come together. It typically and does. This is this is an interesting thing happening here. Um, but this point of view brings me to one of the things that I know you want to talk about. That is the list bashing, okay. and it's getting bad. And the thing is, I mean, I I tend to hang out over on Tumblr. That's that's my social media of choice. Why? I must be a masochist, but that's, you know, that's fine. I've come to terms with this over the years. Um, but I have also made great use of Tumblr's blocking uh, and um, as well as as uh, blocking users and blocking tags. And so blacklisting tags over there. So I don't see a lot of the Liz hate. I, I miss it, a lot of it, because... The people that used to show up in my inbox to yell at me about Tom, I don't think they can get there anymore because their IP addresses are all blocked. And <laughs> and their their main accounts are blocked and everything. So I, I don't I also I just don't hear much from people that I don't know in the fandom very often anymore. Mm. And I don't go into the main tag. I haven't in years. I just don't go looking for reasons to be sad and disappointed in the fandom. But even though I don't, sometimes they cross my <laughs> my dashboard anyway. And one specifically that I saw was someone talking about an article that was written. And, I mean, fandom does what fandom does. They, they pick on characters. They hate characters. They love characters. Sometimes for reasons that I agree with. Sometimes for reasons that I'm like, you hate her because she's not bowing to your wishes or the guy's wishes or what have you. Which is a lot with Liz. Seems like a lot of people view Liz based on their favorite male character. <laughs> um, which I mean, it's Happy International Women's Day. I know, right? <laughs> um, I mean, to be fair, and and taking gender out of it, a lot of people, especially character-driven fans like myself, do view other characters in light of their own favorite. I tend to view most of the characters in light of Tom. 
because I love Tom. Tom has always been my favorite. When they killed Tom off, honestly, I I got a lot deeper look at Liz. I, this sounds terrible. It sounds like I'm saying it's a good thing they killed him. But no, uh, I'm not saying that. But I mean... <sighs> it was the remaining king. Yeah, and so uh, you gotta pick up another. Favorite. I, I feel, I feel and Red like, wasn't going to, no. to cut it. And you know what? Honestly, at this point, I think I got. I I've been getting more and more fond of Liz just on her own over the years in general. Um, I I never hated her. Um, I got frustrated with what was put as flip-flopping, which I now disagree with. Um, I, at the time, I felt like she flip-flopped a lot, but it goes yeah. back to point of view. Um, but the, the th- going back, sorry, I, I'm getting off topic. The thing that bothered me was this was not just, from, from my understanding of the post that I read, it was not just another, you know, casual blog on right. Tumblr. It wasn't a fan. It was a staff writer from TV Fanatic that just ripped her to shreds because of what she did to Red. And so she sounded, the woman sounded just like the raging Red fans that just, if, if Liz is not bowing down at Red's feet, kissing his boots, and offering to lick the dust off of them, then she, you know, she should just be done. Just get rid of her. What good is she anyway? And that that point of view, no matter what, I you know, I don't care which male it is, but that point of view has always really bothered me. Even when she and Tom were at each other, I think she had every right to be pissed the hell off at him. <laughs> and it it goes back to what Tessa was just saying. It's about a point of view. Take yourself out of one your shoes to your favorite shoes for five seconds and put yourself in Elizabeth Keene's shoes. What has she found? She started six years ago not realizing, you know, she thought that if what Red said is accurate, that her mother died of weakness and shame and that her her biological father was a career criminal, or maybe he was referring to Sam because Sam had a very sketchy past. Regardless, she had worked her butt off. She got into the FBI. She was a profiler. She had a what she thought was a good marriage to a nice guy. They were going to adopt a kid. Raymond Reddington comes in and blows everything out of the water, including that her entire home life is a lie as well. And as she, as the mask on her starts to crack, I think she has had to come to terms with who she is as well. Which is, you know, the, those introspective moments can be very difficult, especially if you've been hiding from yourself for years like Liz seems to have been. And, and, so and then discover that everything that she remembers is not what yes, she remembers. Yes, exactly. And so There's a look, huge gap in her life. Huge gap in her memories, her life. I mean, and she makes a comment to, to Wrestler in season two. She says, I don't even know when my birthday is. You know, there's so much about herself she doesn't know and doesn't understand and things that she's getting half-truths and Red's letting her believe things because it's easier for him and he's changing things. Honestly, the fact that she's not rocking back and forth in a corner in her nice little comfy straight jacket right now is a testament to her character and her strength. 
So you try telling me Liz isn't strong. <laughs> but so then, and, and then she finds out that this guy that she thought was her father is it's uh, now it seems like he is not. Yes. So this is I mean, it just continues on and on and, and has on. Been, like, and has been hiding who her real father is and been wearing her father's face. It just I mean, the whole thing is so off the charts. I mean, it could only happen in something like a heightened heightened reality that we're working in here no but, otherwise it would be a raging lunatic uh, and but, she had, i mean she had a child then she left the child by now she probably doesn't even remember the child and a lot of people are very pissed about that and very pissed that she's in a revenge and very pissed that she's not even asking about her child. I don't think she and can right now. I think she's I, so focused on getting to the end of this because otherwise, I mean, and, and I know some people don't think she's a very good mom, but I mean, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not, but well, the show she doesn't have a great thing of great mom. No, it doesn't. But she does. I mean, what, what's, what's her other, what's her option? What is her other option? Bringing Agnes back into this with all the questions and all the danger of the half-truths and the possible lies, the possible truths, and we don't still don't know who Raymond Reddington is? Yeah, let's bring the kid back into that in the middle of the danger. Sure. That would make a great mom. Um, I also think... The the one I mean that's a character perspective, and it has to make when you're writing a story, it has to make sense from the character perspective. And whenever people get pissed about about things and about characters, I always say, you know, I know that we're living in a very narcissistic world where it's just about you and whatever you want, you feel you like but that there is another perspective called put yourself in somebody else's shoes and a lot of the things that that you say that they say i mean i see it in i i'm i'm in reddit and i see the same level of hate and i go to everybody that that says that and says wait for a minute first put take yourself off your little shoes in your little world get your nose out mm -hmm. of your your belly button and take a look around from the point of view of Liz Kin. What has she seen? What does she know to be? And it that's another thing is if a, the... if a person kidnaps you and then saves you, puts you in a difficult position and saves you, it's not a good thing. They're not loving you. And so, you know, he may be loving her to the best of his ability. That doesn't mean his ability is very good. Or that I mean they may be reasons, but because you you're not omniscient and he won't share them so exactly for reasons that he know he can tell oh you know what this is big danger if i say anything it's, i don't know why that's his big reason i don't know why oh, and that's when i started disliking raymond reddington yeah. But you know, then, she she required Tom to be completely honest with her before she would trust him again. He had to earn that trust back. Reddington has never decided to be honest with her. The day he sits down and goes, let me tell you about what's going on here. That's when he can start earning her trust yeah. back. Until but then, we, he doesn't deserve it. What we don't, but we don't know. I mean, in that, in that you have to also do the other way, which is put yourself in... Red's position, but potentially, yeah. Every, but every I'm saying from Liz, from yeah, Liz's every, point of view, every character will have that. 
will have a point of view from which their point of view, whatever it is that they're doing, makes sense. If the character was is well written, it makes sense. And I, I don't know if you remember, I wrote one post about the mercurial nature of lists, the flip-flops. And, and, and I remember there was a lot of, you know, people bashing Megan. And I... And I said, you know what? I'm a theater director. And whenever I have an actor, I, have, I direct this actor towards one thing. And unless you get to the end of whatever, the play, the book, the movie, the series, you cannot know what they're playing. So you can't tell, oh, she's being terrible because you don't know what the actor is being instructed to play. So you may think you're seeing something and then you get it flipped, especially when you're seeing this kind of where things flip and perspective flip all the time. So I, I, when I wrote that, I, I concluded, I said, let's imagine that Liz is doing, that Megan is doing exactly what she's being instructed. And what I got from that is Liz suspects that Red is her father, knows or suspects Red is her father, and she's royally pissed that he is still for her not to come and say you're I I'm your father or I'm your daughter you know you're my daughter if he cannot say I'm your father um it's it feels like a like he's rejecting her it doesn't matter as much that he's saving her life or uh, doing everything to keep her safe it's that rejection that for Liz, who's desperate for her family, feels like a stab in the heart. And then they twist it a little bit. So her flip-flops were when she felt that he was acknowledging and being okay, it was good, then she was happy. When she felt like she was angry and pissy was because she felt rejected. So that's from the, that's the other point of view. And the, the, the thing about, about this characters, and for example, when you get to Red, you get the same thing. We don't know why Red is doing this. He, he tells Dembe he doesn't know, but they get to be a reason. Because think about Dom. Whenever I get angry with Red, I think about Dom. And I guarantee you one thing, Dom had no idea what Katerina did with that phone call or, or setting him up. I guarantee you he does not. So he is doing something to protect Katerina as well. So let's get the jury still is out. Don't make this harsh judgments on Liz, who's... Well, I mean, it's the same thing that I keep saying about Red for me. That right now, and I've been saying this since season four when when he shot uh, when he shot Kate. Said right now, I'm very angry at Red. I hope they change my mind by the end. I will continuously hope that by the end they are capable of changing my mind. I want them to. I hope they do, because I used to love Raymond Reddington, and I hope that they give me. A solid enough, I can't fathom a solid enough reason that, that works right now. And I know a lot of fans feel that way. Um, I, I've read 
multiple, you know, comments on on Tumblr and such of fans that feel similarly. But that doesn't mean that there's not an answer out there that just we haven't thought about, you know, we're bitter, we're angry, we haven't thought about it yet. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, plenty of times I've looked at it and gone, OK, I can't think of a good way for them to get out of this. And then something comes out of left field. and I go, Oh, that's it. That's, that's how that's where they're going, yeah. because that's the wonderful thing about having a writing team. You have the showrunner or showrunners, and then you have a team of talented, in- insanely talented people that are all sitting around, you know, a room bouncing ideas off of each other until you find the right path. And that's that leaves it with a bunch of different people, a bunch of different point of views to come at it and mm-hmm. find the best path. So yeah. they're, they're going to be capable of it. I just don't know if they will deliver on it for me um we'll find out but i, I, I hope think they that do. they will uh what did so. you think about the the blacklister of the week okay um i have some notes on the blacklister because overall fantastic i mean children in danger the the little girl in danger the probably quite a few oh, children- that brought me right back to season one and beth Riker. i mean that was right there them. i mean it just children in danger has been a constantly running theme through this. So yeah, that was brilliant. Um, I will say that I was a little confused on what I was missing because they're talking about $3 million and $6 million and they're going to have a choice of their, uh, their Island of their choice. And I'm going, I don't, you know, like, don't get me wrong. Even a million dollars would be a lot of money for me, but not necessarily for bankers in new york city or dc or wherever they were supposed to be located and certainly not for buying a private island <laughs> like i don't know where that disconnect was <laughs> but i don't think you can buy a private island of your choice any private well, island for six million dollars but it's it's not that simple because the crypto banker it, oh you got all these criminals who are doing all these things in cryptocurrency and eventually, they want that cryptocurrency to convert in regular dollars or yens or marks or whatever. And in order to do that, they needed somebody who would provide them a means of doing that. And that's what these guys were doing. They would find a target that they could blackmail for money. And then they would what they would do is have them like sell stock or something like that. They would buy that stock. They would buy that stock. They would make the money legally, and then they would give it to the criminal. And so their cut was probably huge in cryptocurrency. So what you're seeing is just the side that made the wash money, not the side of of the transactions that they were paying. So their, their crypto, their crypto, the crypto, currency part of the transaction was huge what they were doing was the washing up so what came out of the washing up is a lot less than what the cryptocurrency was oh, okay. i do think so, it's a disconnect but so the, okay i don't know a lot about cryptocurrency and by not i don't know a lot meaning i know it exists and that i got a super scammy email going buy cryptocurrency here today and i went no absolutely not <laughs> Like that's I I I know very very little about it, and so it if so that the, would make criminal, more sense if that's yeah. if it's you the know the criminal would say hey I just bought stock, and look it went up, 
So we went down and I just made this money on the market and the, the banker was going to be doing the washing up by, by creating the circumstances in which these guys will do the blackmail, the other ones were, will buy it, they will get out of there with the currency nicely washed. And of course it will be a lot less that the crypto stuff was going to make. So whatever they were making in cryptocurrency, they could probably buy an island. They were just just coming out of there slowly without calling any attention to anything by doing three million here, six million there, little amounts like that for you know the the criminal stuff that was going on. But and Red wants the cryptocurrency, the crypto banker, in order to get to find out who's paying the Corsican. Okay. I mean, I knew why Red wanted him. It just was the. Yeah, it was the, the six million dollars to buy a, a private island of their choice. I'm going something's not connecting correctly there for me. <laughs> well, the, the stock tumble that was the the important part was that the stock tumble, and once it tumbled, then they could buy it, um, or they could bet against it and then make the money on that way by making a bet that the that the the stock was going to to go down which it did so yeah. that's how they how, how that how's that work um do you have anything on on um on on wrestler this time i i really didn't no uh did you no yeah i mean it was very small parts i did i do on tamar and, and aram yeah i had something on aram uh aram had a, a good bit this time and uh I, I loved his fun. interaction with the, which is, it's kind of interesting. I'm just gonna... Did you see the bit that, um, I want to say Allie Blacklist posted it. It might've been Nancy too. Uh, what, one of them posted it, that, um, it was a that. two truths and one lie from Megan Boone from Instagram. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember what all they were, but it was, uh, Oh, was that Aram and Tamar were having a kid? Yeah, it was. It was uh, wrestler was going to take the stand, uh, you know, at Reddington's trial. Um, so, uh, Samara and Aram are going to. Ha Samar was going to basically have Aram's baby. Um, and I'm trying to remember what the third one was. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head. And but he was going to reveal something. But that was not the same. Bag. No, it, it was. I don't remember. It was the third one. But so it just, we're going to get a wedding and we're going to get a baby. But putting uh, putting the kid right next to a rom kind of made me think about that. I was like, well, good with kids. Yeah, you never know. Um, but anyway, it's I really liked that whole scene between him and the kid. Uh, it, it was it was very nice. But I did, I thought that when. Just the angle, it just was the angle of the camera. <laughs> but when I first watched the episode, I thought he shot the crypto banker in the head. <laughs> no, I thought I thought it was actually very nice. I mean, he oh, shot it was a great shot. I mean, yeah. it, honestly, he did everything he was supposed to, even though he was a little panicky over it. He did everything he needed to that he was supposed to. I just, it was the angle of the camera. I thought he shot him in the head at first. <laughs> well, um. 
one of the things that I like about that scene was it, it was very nice to see, uh, and I'm and again I'm going on to something different with this as usually as the things I do, which generally is start on a tangent and, and eventually get there. Um, I like Wait that minute. we go that, on tangents. What? Mm, yeah, I hate to tell Since you. Since when? <laughs> it's a new thing. Uh-huh, okay, <laughs> good to so, know. Um. I thought that it was very interesting the way they had Samara and Aram, they're doing their interrogation. So, so, you know, Aram shoots them very nicely so he's not dead and can still give them the information. And then he says, I need the password. And Samara is just like, oh, okay. Grabs the gun. Oh, I loved that. the arm. It was great. I mean, it was like Samara. I remember seeing, having Samara, one of those moments. There was one with Mira. There was one with, and I love the fact that when they do these things, it's usually the woman who's like the badass. I and do I, like that. Yeah, but we have we also have had this very nice moment with Cooper and Red. You know, if you do this, you overdose. If you don't do this, you overdose. If you don't give me the information, you overdose. Um, and and those, you know, they, they're always fun moments. And what I found most fun about this was. It gave me a feel that we are going to find Katarina and that he and Red used to work together. Because I'm thinking, I know that we're getting a side of the story, but I don't think we're getting nearly the entire story. Um, Why do I say that? Because I cracked the numbers. I am not ready to share all of them. Um, I've shared little bits here and there, and the numbers tell me that that they are that we're going to see more of that story but it's interesting because we're getting into a couple cooperating like that and it was a fun fun scene i love seeing samar badass because i love badass samar um then i only bring nest back and that would be really fun or solomon oh, or I, both. Miss, I miss nest and solomon honestly yeah. i miss the whole the whole redemption crew I mean, because we, there's so much that just wasn't finished up on that. We still don't know if Cat's alive Dumont. or dead. Dumont. Dumont. I mean. Yeah. Cat, I don't care, but Dumont, I do. I don't care. Poor okay. stupid girl. <laughs> Hopped into bed with the wrong guy. It happens on spy shows. <gasps> it shouldn't known. have with her, but it does. <laughs> a male escort that reads a Wall Street Journal, that should have been a no-no. Or just a male escort at all. I mean, not when you have high intel, high, high uh, level intel. Just, just no, no trust. Like Scotty shouldn't have been sleeping with him. Neither of them should have been sleeping with him. For the exact same reason is that a male escort will have a higher well, possibility. Especially ones that that reads the Wall Street Journal. I'm sure there are male escorts that are very well educated. I, I don't yeah. know any. They- yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, it, I don't know it, very many male escorts, so I can't I really don't, judge. I don't know. I mean, I let me just phrase it like that. I don't know if I know any male escorts. Oh, escort, that's fair. You never know. I mean, <laughs> I you never fair. know what the, the people that went to college with you were doing on the free time to make extra cash. And some of them are really cute. Um, very true. So this is, it's all... It's all getting there somehow. Um, did you find interesting about Cooper 
that he said, you know, maybe Red has a plan. Okay, so I do have a comment on that whole spiel. Um, so, yeah, I think Cooper was very much expecting him to just break out of prison and do the thing and basically go on the lam and he would drop them blacklisters when he could sort of mm-hmm. thing. And I think Cooper was 100% okay with that. I think he would have rolled with it. He would have gone with it and... I don't know. It was an anonymous tip, but we followed it. And look at that. We've got a high profile catch again. (laughs) You know, I mean, they would have been able to manage it. What I found interesting, I'm not so much surprised that Liz was worried because I think that she feels incredibly guilty. I don't think she thought it all the way through when she when she called him in or when, when she had the girl call it in. Um, when, when she had him arrested, essentially, I don't think that she ever thought it would get this far. I think, you know, she assumed the immunity agreement or Red would somehow find a way out of it, that something would happen. I don't think she ever in her wildest dreams thought he would be put on death row and, you know, and get, get lethal injection. Um, so now that it's happening, I think she's a little bit panicked and definitely a lot on the guilty side of feeling very guilty over it because while I think she's very angry and very upset with him over the lies and the lack of honest answers, I don't think she ever intended for him to have to die. She did, exactly. That didn't intended for him to be on there as he was escaping. And, and, and I yeah. think that if he had told her, if he had had a way to tell her, if he had told her, I'm going to do this. telling her. Well, she missed it. And, um, yeah, I, and I mean, I th- when you make a reservation, excuse me, I'm I going mean, to escape. Can you just not be around? Exactly. And I, I don't think she caught the hint. I think it just went over her head. She was too busy in let me do anything I can to help you mode that she blew right past it and ended up making him late for it, which threw everything out of whack. And, well, Liz also doesn't listen much. I mean, that's one of the things that that Liz haters tend to miss is like one of her character traits is that Liz never does what she's told. That's why she got out of the closet and shot someone. Um, but my my question, I think, is uh, like that all made complete sense to me that, you know, she took the stand. She continued doing that that made sense it was totally in character for her i think she was do trying to do what she's she... doubting that he is not the re... her father i don't think it really matters at this point i think she just wants to make sure that she's not the reason he dies now i would like to put a little caveat of my own in here that goes back mm-hmm. to the liz hate of regardless on if she called him in or not it is 100 percent his fault that he's gonna be on death row he is not on death row for something Elizabeth Keene did that he's taking the fall for. I've seen people blaming her for him being on death row. So she turned him in. Not the best move, perhaps, but it is not her fault that he is guilty of the crimes that they are, are saying he's guilty of. And uh, we've seen him murder. We've seen him do terrible things. He would be put on death row. Yeah, and, so so with but, so with Liz. I mean, but I'm just saying that I'm saying that I, I've seen people that you know blaming her for this, including the staff writer that I mentioned earlier, and I'm just going, oh my god, you know, he did these things. Like, well, he, he pleaded guilty. He could have tried to, but we to, we have seen him murder. <laughs> like that's yeah, not, yeah, no, but but he pleaded guilty in order to not have the task force be out there because it's what he said once Seema brought out 
I do have a question about that. And uh, let, let me come. Let's come back to if why he pled guilty. Let's let's put a pen in that and come back to it because I want to finish the uh, the breakout mm-hmm. itself. My question was that everything else made sense for me with Liz, except for when she saw it with her own eyes what was happening. She walked in. She saw the warden on the floor. The dumb woman that was getting the yo yoo yoho whatever it was called mm-hmm. um is going jam. And Liz takes off running like she's going to get help. That made no sense to me. I mean, she could have just stood there and bought, you know, bought Red as much time as she could. And when they asked her why, go, I was just trying, yeah, I was kind of dumbfounded, sorry. <laughs> like, you know, or not run to it, just, you know. Or run to the warden or, oh my God, is he okay? Yeah, yeah she could breathing. have bought time. And there were several things she could have done. Instead, she took off in a sprint to go get help. She had to have known at that point. She is not an idiot. She wanted to get help. I think it was this instinctive thing that he's in danger. And maybe that's it. But like that, that was the only point that for me didn't make a whole lot of sense. But but it it goes with her character. Elizabeth Keene, it's never been portrayed as a person who under intense emotional stress make any good decision she and tom she, and, <laughs> and, she and tom and with the bad red life choices well. under stress and, and red as well i mean yeah, red has true. i mean the the mistakes he has done has done under stressful circumstances and it always has to do with family whether biological yeah. or not and and that is something that is you know it makes sense in a way mm-hmm. um it does so, I mean, she that was that was that was really a, a stupid move. But I think that Liz is in a Liz is in a a very very uh, fragile point. I mean, she's just not not the smartest decision maker under stress. I think she's at a breaking point right now. She's under yeah. a tremendous amount of stress. She's been under a constant amount of stress for ages. She doesn't have her she she's got wrestler on her side now, but I mean, she's for the last couple couple 3 years she's had someone to go home to. She doesn't even really I mean, like she goes home to that apartment I suppose where she watched her husband be murdered in front of her eyes. I mean, that can't possibly be a home. That can't be a place where she gets a good night's sleep. It's probably been a long time since she's had a really decent night's sleep. Yeah. A lot of stress. A lot of stress the, for our girl. And she and, and and to begin with, she's never been good at it. She's Liz Keene is not a character that since she was... There is a reason why Always Red said you have to find for yourself... You have to find this out for yourself. There is a reason why she's not told this is this and this and this. Um, and and it's, it's part because of these people have, you know, they're so dishonesty is their stock and trade. They, they go to, that's when they're spies. You cannot be a spy if you, if you tell the truth or, or if you think that people are telling you the truth. You gotta think that everybody lies. You have to be good at lying. You have to be good at misdirecting, um, and and I think eventually gets into your 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 the way you are. Um, so let us um, talk. 
I was going to say, because um, we said we'd put a pen in it. Let's yeah. let's uh, key back around to Reddington. And here's the question I want to pose that we can both answer. And if you'll go first, um, do you think that he pled guilty to protect Liz and the task force, to protect himself, or a combination thereof? A combination. It has to be a combination because I, it, let's say that he had not pled guilty. Seema had the entire intention of, without a warning, he brought the immunity agreement. Then he's so slimy, it, so yes, slimy. I I am actually now considering something that I have heard other people think about, and I said no, I don't think. I think he is from that part of the cabal that Red had not actually got in. Possibility. He, he mentioned the he mentioned the task force. I've wondered he that said, about the judge too, though, if the judge is cabal. I I would oh. lean more towards Sema these days. Yes, but. Seema definitely is. There is something slimy about Sema that doesn't strike me as being the the kind of squeaky clean uh, that that wrestler appeared to be mm-hmm. at the beginning. There is something more here. He brought, he made it basically once it's set it in front of the jo- of the jury, you know that that's going to go out there. And you know that somebody's going to find out Red Reddington is an informant, so it doesn't matter if he gets to give them the death penalty; he will be killed in the streets. That's exactly what he said. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was oh, it was so slimy. Yeah. Then he brings out the task force, so now they know that there is this task force that is working with Raymond Reddington. So now all these criminals are going to go right at them, and. The, every all of these crimes are going to eventually. They're going to start prosecuting the the task force. So they're back, square back where they were with Gail, and prosecuting the task force, and 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 doing all these things in season four. It's a task force in jeopardy because of this, and now they don't have a Hitchens to get them out of there. So this is this is really very dangerous because it's going to get red kill one way or the other, and it's going to get the task force in jail. So whoever whoever SEMA really is working for is that's the objective is the obliteration of Reddington and the task force. And the which would it, make it sense just, for the cabal. I mean, that makes total sense for the cabal. But because there is, we tend to think that we know the cabal, but the cabal is like a little onion that we've been peeling. When we first got it, it was like, oh, it's just this tiny group of people with Fitch. And then it was, nope, there is another faction here that isn't the, the director, and they were going at each other. And the moment that that, that recording came into play, Seema did not want that played in court. He didn't want that anywhere near court. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I'm on board with yeah. that. Seema, yeah. Cabal. Yep, yeah, I could see it. There, there is there is something in there, and he was making fun of the Cabal. Um, that was exactly the same attitude that Peter had, and that uh, um, that Hitchens had when and she that Hitchens had yeah. exactly. So so this is. I mean, we we still got a faction that is in bond 
that is a higher echelon of the cabal that we have not seen. And, and we're going to remember something. The Night of the Fire, we, it, it's, it was filmed, I'm sure that it was filmed straight, and then they did a lot of special effects, kudos, um, to get that to look the way it does. But there are certain things in that night that are very clear. We see at least the faces of a few and the backs of, of the others of the people that were there that night. And one thing that I know is that whoever had Elizabeth King that night was not Raymond Reddington. I don't care what people think, it doesn't make any sense. I can go on for hours on that. That's what seems like, but that's not the way it is. He couldn't possibly have them. And, and some of these people are still out there. Um, and it goes back to, to this conspiracy, to what Fitch was doing. And I love the fact that they're bringing back things right to season one. Because for six years, I've been saying it goes back to Fitch. It goes back to Berlin. It goes back to Katerina. And people have been saying, nah, those are not important characters where they are. They are and they're coming back to them. So that that that, and then I'll go into my into the, um, the cabal. So I think that that's that's my opinion. It's oh, both. I think that I think the cabal has been the big bad the whole the whole time. I, you know, when Red got a seat and then it just disappeared. The blacklist has a habit of this is the big, but we're going to it's redirect you over here until like a magician. we. Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> don't look this over is here. This a habit. Yeah, yeah. And look, oh, there is a, a pretty, uh, there's a pretty assistant in, in flashy colors. Yeah, <laughs> don't and look at the rabbit yep. right now. <laughs> so so you've uh, got to look at what they're not letting you look at it. Mm -hmm. and, and the way the story fits right now, it's too tight. And especially when we consider that we have, that we still got probably one more season and over 12 episodes left. More than than twelve episodes left, so we are way, way in the early beginnings. And when things fit tight, beware. That's not how they go. Oh yeah, I think we're definitely like that. Recording's going to get unraveled and picked apart, and there are going to be many different facets because we don't know what we don't know yet. No. So, um, my opinion on uh, on if he was protecting Liz or protecting himself. Um, I, I do think it was a combination thereof. Um, I, I don't think he wants Liz to go to prison or, I mean, because we saw his reaction when he thought she was dead. I mean, that was a genuine reaction. He, he does love her. Um, I, I've never doubted that he, he loves her at least to the best of his ability, even if his ability isn't very good. Um, but I do think that the reason he was he was also in great part protecting himself because he needs the task force. Tom made the comment in season two uh, when when Red came and to try to get him from uh, Berlin. Yeah. Uh, no, no, he went in Berlin. He was in um, Dresden. Um, Dresden. Thank you. Um, but uh, when he came to Dresden to get him, he made the comment. He said, "You need your task force out of prison." 
to make it work or something like that. Mm. Um, I, I don't remember the verbatim statement, but but he made a pointed statement about they have to be out of prison. They need to be out there doing your bidding for this to work. And, and I think and it goes it's back been more than Tom. More people have said yeah. that now that you said it. Um, and so. I, I think that that's what this circles back to is that he has this immunity agreement that he's working on, that he thinks he has something to offer them, but he needs them out of prison. He needs to make sure that they are out, that they are functioning as a task force. They are together. The people that I think you've said before, you think that he handpicked the task force and I completely could see that. I, I would don't question it really. And so I, I think that while yes, he is protecting Liz as well. Um, I don't, I think that she's, that's her narcissistic nature coming back around that she thinks it's all for her. I don't think it's necessarily all for her. It's for the task force because they're useful to him. Mm -hmm. Um, well, I, I don't think that is because they're useful to him only. I think that, well, I think um, he's fond of them, but I I think that they're incredibly useful to him. I, I think that a lot of the people, uh, maybe I do, understand red because i do have you know more of red that that i care to admit uh in me i think that that thing that red has always complex um motives and complex complex relationships with with people um i i do think that he would that he tried to save them he has saved all of them at one point or another um there is I, I, you know, it's like the, like the psychiatrist said, and I think there was a pivotal scene. And in each one of those, of the seasons, we have got one or another of these scenes in which, in this, in which we, we actually learn a lot. And it's those people that either read Red or to whom Red can talk to. And because he's, they're either inconsequential and he's going to kill them. Or because they're his peers in criminal and doesn't matter, because they don't know what he's talking about, so he talks to them. Uh, we have the psychiatrist in there who basically said, and I know people love to think he's just talking about he's not Raymond Reddy doing he got called out. No, he's saying you're not a bad man. You're playing the bad man. You're not really a bad person, um, which is what I've been saying since season one. And this is. A different, and then in, in season four we had Baldur, and he was talking about the nature of truth, and that was also pivotal. He was changing the way he was looking at certain truth. So whenever we see Raymond Rennington and affection, I think that when you're when you're doing the work that he had been doing his entire life. And the life that he had to take in order to survive doing that, you don't have the simplicity of having relationships that exist purely because they're emotional. You have your, it doesn't matter, it's not about money, it's about resources. Your resources are limited because, because you need so many of them. And so whenever somebody, whenever you're, you're on a mission, so you can only get close to the people who are putting you next to that mission or on the way to the mission. And so those are the people that you end up being fond of. 
So it's not a simple relationship. I it's I am fond of you because you helped me. You help me. I'm fond of you because you help me, and you help me because I'm fond of you. And the whole thing becomes one. That's and characters have been saying that's from Ansel Garrick on. Nothing with you is simple. That's the reason why people who are desperate and have very they're fighting for something very complicated tend to have complicated motivations for that. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. I don't think it's it's straightforward how he views especially now. I mean, it may it may have been early on with a lot of the task force uh, that it, they were just useful. Um, but I, I do think it's become much more complicated than that. And I, I even think, um, you know, there were people like Ressler. Um, I'm still not 100% sure that there is not a personal relationship there that Ressler is not aware of. Um, I, I do have a feeling that other than Aram, everybody there that he had put on had of a personal relationship to him. I maybe I'm basing that on the fact that they both have Midwest ties and Michigan ties, and that is interesting to me that you're putting them both in that same area. But there is also a different thing that that is that has happened with with red in his he has had three phases i can see phase one phase two and phase three and they're interesting to me phase one he was he always pretends that the same thing that he told dom you always believe you're being trained to think that I'm that I am um, selfish. He hides his reasons in selfishness. He never wants anybody to know why he does something because the moment somebody knows your motivations, they know how to get to you. Yeah, it's a vulnerability. So, vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. So, so hiding your motivations is very important. So he always is careful to say, oh, I'm saving Cooper because I need Cooper. I'm saving Wrestler because I need Wrestler. I am not sure how many of those don't have another more personal and hat from the very beginning. I think they all do now, but from the very beginning, I think that things were not as they seemed. And, and the three phases that I was talking about, and I don't know if you've seen them, I know that you're not as fond of red as I am, but um, I saw the first phase in which he was, uh, red was, um, you know, especially in regards to Katerina, was like, well, she weakness and shame. And whenever Liz asked if she was a terrible person, she, he didn't want to answer, really. Then there was a change that happened by 220. And then he started questioning her motivations to doing things. And it speaks about the truth and it speaks about that. But then there is a third shift that I saw in season five. And I am not sure if anybody else saw it. So I'd be interested to see if you've seen it. Red becomes almost reckless with Liz. It's, it's reckless with Samar, reckless with everyone. 
it's almost like it became a game again. Like he was very, very, a second, he was serious, he was involved, he was emotional. And in season th five, at the end of season five, he felt like he had shifted again. And then he was like, it's over oh, fighting, Sissy. Who gets to the bones first? Oh, yeah. It's definitely fun. a game. And yeah. I mean, at her expense. I mean, she's trying to mourn her husband and he's mocking her for it and making it a game. And I think that's. I think that's part of what drove her into the desperate state she had when she and Jennifer, you know, mm -hmm. called him in because he would. And that's that's one thing that's really bothered me about all of that in season five was that he just and you saw it when uh, right before she ended up shooting um, Ian Garvey, she had the gun on bread and she said, this is me howling at the moon. I do deserve answers. And. That Megan had such a beautiful moment there. It was so well delivered. Um, and he he was. He was making it a game the whole time. And I I think that he when they are playing a game, it's fun, but this is it's like Liz told Tom in season one, this isn't, you know, this isn't a job. This is my life. Mm -hmm. This is in it's the same thing with Red. This is not a game, it's my life. It the interesting thing, and I'm glad that you're seeing it too, that there is a change in red that happened somewhere in in late season five. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was one of the things I really got irritated with him on. It made me yeah. very angry at him. And and because I have traced this to Katarina. It's always been about Katarina. This whole thing is about Katarina. And I think that what what to me what happened is he realized that Katerina is still out there playing. And this is not, Liz is now becoming a pawn or a um, a surrogate for Katerina. But he he's having fun with Katerina. This is all about a game of cat and mouse with Katerina and him. And I'm sure that he had a lot of fun with it because I, I fully believe that he and Kat had Quite a bit of sex, as he liked to... Drugs and rock and roll. And sex. Did he mention sex? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I could totally see that having been their thing. This this cat and mouse that she was KGB, she was Cabal, he was an American, you know, intelligence, uh, you know, or whatever intelligence, depending on the theory behind, Raymond, behind the red that we know. Mm -hmm. And... So, I mean, I could completely see that. And maybe his view of Liz is sort of skewed. And, you know, it'd be interesting if something's kind of cracked in him so that he can't really make a make a uh, separate Liz mm -hmm. and Kat anymore. Because that would be interesting. He said, you remind me of your mother when you're betraying me. <laughs> but it would go back. It'd be very interesting to remember that statement that I asked you to your opinion on. I said, I'm really hoping it's not the obvious when he said the at least she didn't betray me again. If he keeps seeing her and now he can't not see Katarina. I, I think and if he's not if he's that. not her biological father, I could see that like that. He can't separate that. And there's there's at least a piece of it that he can't, you know, and that she's. She now I don't think that he's interested in her sexually, um, but, you know, the at least the part of it that she's capable of playing the game. I think that there are probably very um, 
I'm finding this in my own story that I'm writing right now in which two characters are very on par with each other. And one of them is very fond of the other one because people don't keep up with her well. And I I think Red finds that, that people don't play on his level very well. Mm-mm. Most of you know, he probably breaks his toys. And <laughs> and so far, Liz has been able to keep up. Um, and so maybe that, that would be interesting. And he's more of, of Katarina in her because yes. it's like he's betraying her, him. And and even though that that Dembe said, no, I don't think it will be long before he before put things together. I do think that Red is Raymond Reddington. I do think he's her father. I, let me put it that way. I do think that Raymond Reddington was a name used by Red long before the Night of the Fire. I th- yeah, I, I, just, I think that's a very interesting thought. And it's like that, that he may be getting her, at least in part, sort of mixed up with Katarina. I like that, and that would be a very interesting path to take with that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I may ask you something. Now that now that we're we're here, I, I remember one. Now that we we're in were, the desert wasteland here. <laughs> yeah, now we're here. Let let me ask you something. I remember in season one when he and Sam are talking, and they're talking about this woman who has his great legs and was terrific in bed. I always felt that that was Katerina they were talking about. It, but I had no idea because at that point we didn't even know that Katerina was related to, to Red. But I had a feeling that they were that, that Katerina was the point of contact between them. So don't you think now that that woman they were talking about is, was Katerina? Might be, but I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there were other women that they knew. I mean, because I don't, I never got the impression that it was necessarily that that Kat was the point between them in as much that both Red and Katerina knew Sam. Like they, but I, I felt like they went to Sam because they both knew him and they both mm-hmm. trusted him. And that was kind of like... She's going to my people. No, she's going to my people. No, she's going to my people. Well, we both know Sam. We both trust Sam. She's going to Sam. You know, that sort of thing. And so I, I thought, thought, I thought you were going to come back around to the, did Sam give him permission? I was going to go, no. <laughs> Sam did not give him permission to murder him. <laughs> I, I still don't. I don't no, think no, no. so. I know, I know that you don't, you, don't, you don't see that. Very, very um, stern on that one. <laughs> The, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying because there is a, there is a comparison. But to me, that when he's going it's, to kill Sam and then Rostov, and to me, that was this is two men who knew Katrina and at their deathbed. Because at that point, Constantine was going to die. They're talking about a woman. Maybe they knew. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's got kind of the, now that you're saying that, it's got kind of the same vibe of just this. You know, I mean, it was it was more joking between Sam and Red because they were friends and more mm-hmm. of a nostalgic sort of conversation about her between uh, Kirk and Red because, you know, Kirk had him strapped to a chair and was pumping him full of drugs. I mean, yeah. they weren't exactly it can't be that friendly. Terms. I mean, yeah. Red will do a lot of stuff, but I mean, you got to stop with the friendly. He's, he's got some weird kinks. Those aren't them. <laughs> now he cannot invite the judge for the drinks. And to do his his little fetish thing in chambers. Oh my gosh, red, red. All right, um, we are we're gonna keep this short. It has not been short. Um, <laughs> the so second the, round the, is the, at forty one minutes. I I don't think I think that Liz has begun to have the same thing that Jennifer did. 
of doubting. Is he my father or not? Is he Raymond Reddington or is he? There is something that that is is going in her mind. And by the way, I forgot to mention last week when we, when we did um, Minister D. I don't know if anybody noticed, but in that scene where Jennifer says that she's going to Long Island to a friend she knows, I have a feeling that's her mother. Um, and she was wearing plaid. She was wearing plaid. <laughs> I think I saw you make a post about that, and I started laughing very loudly. Yeah, because she hadn't wore plaid in all this time. So all this was above board until we get to that last scene. I'm going to go to a friend of mine that is living in Long Island. I hope yeah, you know I can't, I can't view plaid anymore without thinking of you. Like, if anybody wears plaid, I go, oh, you must be lying. Yeah, well, it's not sometimes a wearer, but there is something in that scene. Yeah. And notice how Red had been wearing this lovely plaid vest in court when he was talking about the whole thing about Katharina. Uh. <laughs> All right, well, do you have anything else? No, I think, uh, I don't know if we're going to do uh, one next week or if we wait and do and do the, the two together. Yeah, I guess we have um, to wait until see how it Yeah, see how much out. there is for it. Um, I will get this edited down as quickly as possible. <laughs> it ended up longer than we expected. Uh, I, I thought it was going to be really short. <laughs> well, but we, we did a lot about Liz and, yeah. and the point it was of kinda, view. It, yeah, I, I think it was a good episode. I mean, hopefully you guys did too since we're recording it for you. But uh, I think that wraps us up for this week. And so you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. And you can listen to us on YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. And that's all. See you next week. All right. Bye-bye.